Hello, senders, and welcome to episode 25 of the segment podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in. On this episode, I have special guest Brandon Lopez from the Wolfpack Performance. But before we get into that, I always love to say thank you to the sponsors of the show. First up is 7IDP. Yep, 7 Intelligent Design Protection mountain bike gear built for both the male and female athlete. Check them out at 7protections.com. And if there's anything that you like there, use promo code SEGMENT for 15% off of your purchase. I'm currently using 7IDP's Project 23 full-faced carbon fiber helmet. And that thing is a beast. With 23 vents in it, it keeps my head cool, and as well as allows me to stay safe while I'm out on the mountain. I recently crashed at a race out at Vail in a real rocky section, and uh, the helmet took a lot of the beating, and luckily, nothing on my head. The 7 IDP helmets are equipped with the CERT technology, that 7's energy reduction technology, which has been proven to reduce energy transfer to the brain by 20%. Thank you, 7 IDP, for sponsoring the show. Also want to thank the Bole brands. The Bole brands include Spy Optic, Bole, and Serengeti. I am currently using the Spy Optic Foundation goggles. If you see me out on the trails, you'll see me in Spy Foundation goggles. They've got the widest periphery in the market, but they also help illuminate the trail so you can see obstacles and pick lines while keeping your eyes shaded and protected. Thank you so much, Spy Optic, for the foundation goggles. And lastly, Tasco. Special thank you to Tasco. Tasco, the awesome shirt company. We all know them as the awesome gloves, awesome shirts, but now they are having awesome shorts. Those shorts are called the Scout Shorts, and they just released a new version of the Scout Shorts called the Phantom Series. Check it out if you get a chance. Um, those things are amazing. My buddy Joey Yates actually just picked up a pair. They are very light and airy, but they are still the same mold as your Scout shorts that you see uh, today. So an amazing product. Give them a give them a look. If you see anything you like there, you can use the the link in my in my description and get ten percent off of your purchase. All right, guys. My special guest today is Brandon Lopez from the Wolfpack Performance. Brandon Lopez is the CEO, President, Director, Owner, Founder, and Head Coach of Wolfpack Performance. Wolfpack Performance is a manifestation of his passion for strength and conditioning, sports performance, and his belief that these modalities of training are the best form of training to enhance quality of life and performance for athletes, servicemen, women, and us mountain bikers. It was a great conversation and he really illuminated me to the importance of training not only on the bike but training off of the bike and the importance of stretching and specifically for us targeting our hips hope you guys enjoy the episode with brandon lopez and we'll see you on the backside of the show we're live ladies and gentlemen Folks, welcome back to the Segment Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hill. And on the show tonight, I have special guest, Brandon Lopez from the Wolfpack Performance. What's up, Brandon? Good to see you, bud. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Man, this is I've been looking forward to this because um, as a mountain biker, a lot of times we feel that we are getting fit while we're on the bike. But, you know, as far as physical fitness and everything goes, there's a lot more to on the bike and there's a lot more to being off the bike and prepping up. Um, would would you mind just introducing yourself to the audience and let them know who you are and what you do in relation to this preparation? 
Yes. So um, I'm Brandon Lopez with Wolfpack Performance. Um, I'm a strength and conditioning and sports performance coach. Um, been doing this studying, been doing this since 2012, been working with hundreds of athletes and um, various sports and different kind of activities. And it's very important, especially with the uniqueness of mountain biking, that it's, uh, it's one of those tools that you need is, of course, in mountain bike and you need to spend most of your time there. But as far as most activities and most sports, and this is where I come in, is that my job is to enhance the quality of life of all my athletes and my clients, but to also enhance the performance and make sure that we're performing optimally, but also safely as possible and uh, reduce our risk of injury because that's important too. And that's a big portion of my job is to strengthen people, but also make sure we don't get hurt because if we're hurt, we can't do what we love. So uh, that's a quick, quick snippet of what I do. Man, uh, I totally get I totally get that hurt part. Um, if anyone's <laughs> been following my story, I, I went down on the rocks this weekend at uh, the Vail Enduro races and um, it, it hurt pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I was able to bounce up real quick. Part of that, I think, was adrenaline. But um, because I do certain types of fitness routines off of the bike, I feel that that really contributed to me being able to absorb some of that punishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <Definitely>. literally. <laughs> and, and being able to get up and finish the race, um, which was obviously the goal for that. But um, I think that's really important what you're talking about, you know. Um, doing physical fitness to prepare yourself to be on the bike or do what it is that you love to do to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. We got, definitely. we got Haley Bernstein on in the audience tonight. She Haley. says, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Haley, for being on tonight. So Brandon, you know, when it comes to mountain biking and it comes to this preparation, what, what is the, what are the muscle groups that you're keying into? Let's just say I come in to your, your studio and, um, I, you know, I ran this, I, I did this race and I felt that my legs weren't strong enough to push me through to the finish line and I, or I could have been faster. What are some of the things that you would key in on me and, and how would you do that? Right. So, um, first thing of course is again, mountain biking is such a unique activity in which you got to be on the bike. Uh, and, and so there's a comfortability of it and to get better at the actual activity, you got to spend time on it. As far as what we do outside of that, um, of course your legs are going to be a big component to it. Having strong legs, um, and the ability to recover uh, between bouts is very important. So uh, my goal would to, um, of course be increasing our work capacity and aerobic threshold. Uh, okay. getting our legs stronger, but also uh, one key thing I would want to make sure that we are focusing on a lot mm. is making sure that we're able to move properly. Uh, just mm. observing the sport of mountain biking, you're in a position in which uh, you, you got to have a strong, uh, pretty much got to be strong everywhere in the legs, but you also need to have the mobility in order to be in the proper position so you don't hurt yourself so you can absorb impact properly. I know that also is dependent on the kind of technology you have on the bike too. You know, the better the bike, the better it's going to feel and, and ride, of course. Uh, but so for instance, what I mean by that is uh, one of the biggest problems with cyclists and just in general, and, and we see this in just kind of just the average Joe as well. Uh, we sit a lot, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so we get tight hips, we get tight hip flexors, tight hamstrings. And if we aren't strong enough or we're not mobile enough, especially 
And again, the position that I see that we need to be in for mountain biking mostly is you're not going to be wanting to sit on the seat too much, right? right. Like you're going to be off the seat majority of the time. But if you're too high, uh, too tight in the hips, what's going to happen is you're going to be in improper positions. And so you're going to be compromised. And the only way you're going to do that is to, or, or try to fix that is to try to put yourself in a position that you feel comfortable. But when we do this, we'll, we'll see a lot of people sacrifice proper positioning and round at the lower back probably. Um, and so a lot of people, um, when they, they're cyclists, when they're mountain bikers, we see a lot of these people struggle with low back pain. And a lot of it has to do with the hips, how mobile they are and how strong they are. So um, as far as the actual target, of course, I want stronger legs, but also uh, well, a lot of people, I don't think, we think like stronger legs, we think stronger quads. Um, for that's, cyclists, that's what I, was I would, I was, yeah. I was thinking like getting in there and doing a bunch of squats and things, but you're thinking more yes. fun functional fitness type. Right. Stuff. And, and squats are very important. And I would absolutely like advocate that 100% right off the bat for, uh, for a mountain biker, 100%. Um, but I would also focus a lot on the posterior chain. And so the posterior chain for those that don't know, um, it's the backside. So typically we think of like the lower back, the, uh, the glutes and the hamstrings, um, and also making sure that we are getting mobility and, and flexibility in the muscles that are going to be too tight, like our hip flexors, uh, for instance. But when we look at, when I observe the sport of mountain biking, a lot of people, when they're off the seat, they're in a hinge position. Mm -hmm. They're going from a squat to a hinge quite often, actually. Uh, it's not just they're squatting up and down on the bike, but they're also in a hinge as well. They're, they're kind of going back and forth, right? right. And, uh, and so we want to make sure that like, and the great thing is like for deadlifts is where I'm getting at it is probably one of the main exercises I would incorporate is because it's going to help us get in proper positioning, but also strengthen that position as well. Um, and deadlifts. Nice. yeah, okay. so deadlifts would be a good one outside of some of the more of the mobility and corrective exercises that I would address for, uh, for people. And that's just more of a positional for the hips. You know, that's more of a positional issue. So if if you're at home and you're and you're working on those deadlifts, I mean, are, are we needing to do a lot of weight, or is that something we can use common household things to 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 utilize, or or how are you? I guess right. how would we do that if we we're at at home? Uh, real quick, I see my bot buddy Ronnie got her working calves for biking too. Conveniently, I'm wearing my proud member of Team <laughs> No Cab shirt. So, gosh, man. <laughs> nice. Ronald, yeah. he's, he's calling you out. <laughs> yeah, he's calling me out. All right. <laughs> and that's a wrap. I'm dead. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, as far as uh, – I'm sorry. I got distracted there for that's a second. Funny. So the that's question funny. is um, kind of like how would you go about like um, the load and intensity, right, as far as like body weight? or with weight, correct? Correct. Yeah. With the deadlifts. Cause I I've seen other people do things with this machine called the rip row and, and it looks like they're doing deadlifts and they're, they're pulling their bars, you know, on this machine, they're pulling their bars up to their waist level. And it looks like a deadlift to me, but I mean, I think those things are a thousand dollars. If you don't have anything like that, I mean, <laughs> what is the, what is the best, best yes. way to do that at home? Um, so pretty much any equipment that you're able to, like, you definitely do not need to spend a thousand bucks. Um, you can get a $10 membership at a local gym and you're pretty set. Now, if you don't have access to the gym, of course, with 
um, everything going on, of course, you can grab dumbbells, kettlebells, or even bands. You can, um, there's definitely a lot of variations to do a deadlift with. You can even load a backpack with weights like books or uh, cans of food to add weight to it. But um, you don't necessarily need to load it too much. Now, as far as because there's different ways that we can do this and, and approach training, and that's the manipulation of intensity and, and volume. And you can also do that with just what kind of equipment that you have, right? So it's really hard to increase the intensity if you have lighter weights. Now, the good thing with mountain biking more specifically is we're not trying to be powerlifters. You know, we don't necessarily need to try to work up to a, a one rep maximum like most people would uh, identify a deadlift with. Uh, it simply is we're just trying to strengthen and of course we're talking about a sport too in which it's very dependent on our work capacity and our aerobic threshold um how long can we be able to do the activity that we're doing and so i would highly just recommend that it, whatever equipment that you have to your disposal disposal like i would always recommend a barbell if you have it just because you can do so much with it um okay. but um, if you have varying weights and everything, like you can, of course, it'd be really good to get heavier on some days and, and lighter on others. Um, deadlifts are just one of those things. It's a great exercise. It's a phenomenal exercise. Um, but it's not something that, especially for a mountain biker, you don't necessarily need to treat it like how most people do, um, okay. as far as trying to destroy yourself Next in the time. gym, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a great exercise. So doing doing squats and and deadlifts at home would be would be great for off the bike. And then I think you were saying something about the anaerobic side mm -hmm. of the training as well. Um, you know, a lot of times I think if I could just get out on the bike more times a week, you know, my my aerobic capacity, my lung function will will rise. I'll be able to do all this crazy stuff. But um, what is the proper way to you know, train your body to handle more of an aerobic exercise? Loaded question. That's a good one. Is it a loaded one? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's a good one. So um, it's very important that we also recognize that the body relies on a lot of different energy systems. Um, but all the energy systems are very dependent on how our aerobic threshold is. And that's just going to be our ability to um, – pretty much produce volume and how well we can recover from that and be able to do repeated bouts. Uh, and, and so this is, I guess, to answer this, how I would approach training, I guess, um, especially with our aerobic um, threshold is this sport of mountain biking and just biking in general is, would be categorized as an aerobic, um, more of an aerobic sport. And of course there's different events that will be, you know, you're going to have more uh, stints of an anaerobic energy system to utilize, but it's not like you're only going to be in one energy system and not the other. You're going to be going through them no matter what, um, especially if you're about to climb a hill and you got to attack it, right? You're going to be sprinting it possibly. Um, and so you're going to be probably going to the anaerobic system in, in those kind of sprints where you have to produce a lot of power to go through. But in order to carry out the entire activity, you got to work on the aerobic system. So one of the things I would suggest uh, before I get into, or before we get into how I would structure my training, um, even for mountain biking, let alone just also in the gym, one of the things that I would suggest um, to help work up that work capacity, uh, and I know I probably, 
I'm dealing with some mountain bikers on this uh, podcast, so don't chew me out right away. But I, there's logic behind it. Um, get on. Don't don't be afraid to get on a stationary bike. Okay. Do not get afraid to get on a stationary bike. And a lot of people say, "Well, I got my, I got my bike. I just hit the trails." And so the the problem here that we have is that we gotta be as sport specific as possible. So the most sport specific training you can get for mountain biking is of course, getting on your mountain bike. Um, the next best thing is, um, either a road bike or a stationary bike. And the nice thing about a stationary bike is you don't have to worry about falling, which is probably going to be the most, uh, common reason why you would get injured in this sport, you know, is taking a crash or falling. So you don't have to worry about falling, which is nice. Um, but two, you can really attack that thing without, again, worrying about getting hurt. Um, but you also don't have to worry about the environment around you. So you don't have to worry necessarily about navigating the route. You could really just really focus on the activity that you're doing. And so one of my favorite things that I like to do with almost all my athletes, um, I could even just do on a stationary bike, and it would be this. Uh, we can really get a great workout by getting on a stationary bike or an assault bike doing a 10 second maximal effort. All right. And I mean, maximal, a lot of people, when we think like, Hey, we're going to go maximal for a minute. That's very difficult for people to do like yeah. a minute of 100% max. Everybody full can do 10 sprint. seconds, right? I would yeah. hope, <laughs> you know, full yeah. on sprint. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after that, dial it down 45 seconds, 50% off. And you just go right back and forth between those. So 10 seconds, maximal sprint to 45 second, 50% and then back to the 10 second. The nice thing about this is we're really going through all of our like energy systems that we're utilizing. It's going to work up our aerobic capacity, our work capacity, but now we're getting more of the anaerobic, the power portion of this, um, really being able to attack that bike, but we can do multiple rounds of this. We can do multiple, um, multiple rounds of this for a longer duration time. You would probably feel it really quick for some people, even in five minutes, let alone taking it 15 to 20 uh, minutes of just doing this nonstop. Wow. And uh, if anything, for a lot of people, I have to really make sure they know like, hey, for those 45 seconds, we really need to dial it back to 45 seconds because we're actually doing 10 seconds of maximal effort. If you're doing 10 seconds of actual maximal effort, you're going to feel it. And depending on the stationary bike that you have, you can crank up the, um, the difficulty of it. So you have to pedal harder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if you're on a salt bike, those are always tough. Um, <laughs> those are those never the fun. They move your hands. They <laughs> move your the hands fan, right? too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those are Oof. always fun, but that's a very simple, uh, that's a very simple workout that you can take to the gym at the end of your workout and, and, and do. And the nice thing is you can do repeated bouts of that and you're not going to, you're not going to kill yourself on, <laughs> on the trail either. You know, you don't have to worry about falling. You don't have to worry about hurting yourself. You don't have to worry about navigating, um, the, the trail either. So it's just True. a great way to supplement everything. So, and this is the context of supplementing your training for mountain biking. Cause of course you want to get as sports specific as possible. And in this case, you're going to be want to, you want to be on the trail. You want to be on your bike, uh, just to get that practice in. Uh, but for some people, like it's, that's tough to get those. You got to spend a lot of time on the bike to get the benefits that you want, you know? Um, yeah. so that's just a great way to, uh, to throw something in. 
No, that's really good. I think a lot of times too, we get on the bike and we say we're going to work on something. We say we're going to train something and we ended up hitting the normal trail that we feel comfortable with. <laughs> our body's used to it. Our body positions are used to the way the trail turns and as off camber and things like that. But yeah, you're right. Jumping straight onto a stationary bike and challenging your anaerobic and aerobic, you know, energy sources in order to push yourself to the next level. When you say anaerobic and um, aerobic, can you, can you tell the listeners out there kind of the, the difference? So, you know, I'll wear a, a my zone and I'll look at my heart rate and mm. I'll, and I'll be like, Oh, I don't know. Am I, am I in the aerobic thing now or where am I? <laughs> right. Could you, yeah. Can you, can you help us out with that one? Yeah. So there's three main energy systems. The first one is called the, well, they keep changing the name, so I don't quite know exactly what's called now, but it was called the creatine phosphagen system. And that is a energy system in which it usually only take, there's no, doesn't take oxygen, doesn't really take anything. Uh, it's usually stored in the body. Uh, it's the most readily, like it's very available energy. Um, but usually as far as sports go, we see mostly like Olympic weightlifters, sprinters, um, anything that's like less than 10 seconds of, of work. This is kind of the energy system that we're going to be in. Um, when we get into the anaerobic system, um, there's, we're utilizing, um, glycogen and, and glucose, and we're converting that into energy. So one of the things we talk about is ATP, um, yeah. the break, you know, the breakdown of ATP is to create energy and we could take this between, you know, as there's, um, several, uh, there's two different kind of anaerobics in here as categories go, but, um, we, we usually see this into more of like that three minute mark. If we want to um, be really mo much more into the anaerobic side of things, when we start going to longer durations, we're going to start getting closer and closer and closer to more of the aerobic side. And the aerobic side is when we start utilizing oxygen to break down uh, fatty acids to create energy. And uh, we get most of the ATP this way. Uh, the aerobic system is, there's several ways we can look at it. We can look at this as far as the actual activity that we're doing. So if it's a very low intensive activity, like if we're walking or if we're doing long distance runs or, um, long distance bike, uh, we're probably gonna be more into the aerobic system, but also it's the duration of the activity too. So, um, I would say anything greater than 20 minutes of an actual activity. So we'll see 20 minutes of an actual sport or activity. Uh, we could see this where we see like long distance runners or cyclists when we go hours on end doing an activity. We're definitely going to be relying on the aerobic system. Regardless, all these systems are very dependent on how efficient we are in our aerobic system. Our ability to also recover, our ability, to, our work capacity, the amount of volume we're able to do is very dependent on the aerobic system. And so you'll see even a lot of these athletes that are doing sh very short duration activities, they'll still be doing aerobic training to make sure that they're able to do repeated bouts of these shorter duration, more explosive activities. So um, in, in the sport of mountain biking, or for instance, you're going to be going back and forth quite a bit, um, depending again on the actual activity that you're, you're doing or the actual event, I should say that you're doing. It that's a beautiful way to put it. Cause you're right. When we're on the mountain, we we're, we're climbing. A lot of the climbs around here are, are at least at that 20 minute or more mark. So that's going to be 
pulling in that that's the oxygen, right? That we're going to be using to break down and make energy. And then there are times when we're going downhill and there'll be a flat section. We'll have to get on it for 10 seconds or so, really sprint it out. And uh, then we'll be utilizing the other energy. So when, as a mountain biker, as we're flip-flopping from different energy sources, that way, when we train in each energy source, does that make the body more efficient or are you just kind of born that way? Or how do we, how do we, sharpen, how do we sharpen yeah. that up? So, <laughs> so that we could be like the Aaron Gwynn's of the world and things right. like that. So um this is where like we should get into exercise science classes to be honest because um but i'll i'll try to um break it down simply so there's a lot of things that do go into that i'm sorry go ahead brandon no before we go into that for the folks that are listening um you know uh brandon they might come on here and go oh yeah this guy is really great but tell tell them your education behind all this because uh you're uh you're you're well versed in 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 all this stuff this is great So I went to school for exercise science and wellness, Um, been most of my studies are actually very self studies, I study religiously other coaches. Um, So Chris Bernard is in in Florida with overtime athletes love his stuff. Um, He's one of the few people that um, has a lot of resources that he puts out for people. Um, But the guy's awesome. Um, Cal Dites, he's a uh, collegiate and also Olympic level coach so i like that guy i consume all his stuff like if there's somebody that you would like if you were to see the stuff that i do you kind of mirror a lot of what he does um very much look up to him as a professional um uh i'm very i indulge a lot into the national strength and conditioning association and the things that they put out as far as um the seminars that they do the um, the research that they do. Um, one of my professors in school, he said, if your nose isn't into data, then you're doing it wrong. Uh, it wow. shouldn't be necessarily into textbooks. It should be into data. So, um, I like, I, I'm the kind of guy that will read up a lot, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm, it's just fun for me. So I'm always in every day. I'm just reading something or, or getting my nose into something or digging through or lis- listening to other coaches. But, um, with that, um, the National Strength and Conditioning Association, I'm s- certified under them. The National Academy of Sports Medicine, I'm a um, performance enhancement specialist and a corrective exercise specialist under them. Now, that doesn't necessarily, I guess, mean anything. Anybody can really do that. Um, but it kind of just proves that we, I have some education underneath my belt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and that as far as um, hands-on experience, um, ever since... I've been coaching for eight years, six of those years, I would have been coaching for more professionally. Um, in that time, I've worked with hundreds of athletes um, and tactical athletes as well in our military and then more of so in the law enforcement route. Um, and so I've gained a lot of um, hands-on experience um, with that as well. So I don't know, it just, yeah, so. <laughs> that's, that's great. I just wanted people yeah. to <laughs> that background there when we're talking because uh we're we're going pretty deep into some good stuff there and and i want Mm -hmm. them to understand that you know what you're talking about and also um wolfpack performance is your is your baby right that's you Mm -hmm. started that up that's your that's your gym yeah so wolfpack performance is my online and in-person business um that i started um right now i'm based out of a a a gym called self-made training facility in scottsdale arizona and it's independent contractors only. So we all get to work there and, and kind of run our own thing. Um, and so 
Wolfpack is kind of unique to me. Uh, my Lopez derives from a Latin word meaning wolf, so that's kind of where that name came from. Um, awesome. My yeah, my logo, the paw, is um, before like years ago, like back in 2017. My um, yeah, there it is, my cool little website right there. But uh, yeah, that paw right there. Um, in 2017, my we had to put my dog down, and so I put mm. paint on her paw and then put it on a canvas. So that's actually her oh. paw. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So Dang. yeah, Wolfpack is is kind of my thing, and um, the little tagline there is stronger together, as you can see right there on the screen as well. So, um, and I believe in that. I, you know, we're we're in this journey together. You know, and and when it comes to my athletes and my my clients, I treat them as the hero of their story, and I'm just their guide. You know, um, love it. Like if you ever watch Hercules and see that little goat guy, you know, like that's me. I you know? love that. And clients might. Have, unfortunately, a lot of strength coaches look like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not on my way there. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's my baby. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. So yeah, yes. folks, if you're if you're just tuning in and joining us, I'm here with Brandon Lopez, the owner of Wolfpack Performance, uh, a strength coach, and he's here to help us talk about mountain biking, um, getting stronger on the bike. Here to be a resource for us um, on and off the bike, also to keep us healthy and fit. Um, mm -hmm. And before we go forward, we got a couple comments here. I just wanted to share with you. Uh, says Adam Mock says putting in the work and knowledge bestow that wisdom. That is great. Adam Mock is a gentleman who is also in the business of uh, saving dreams. So you guys are you guys are right there. We're together. Um, Haley Bernstein says I didn't know that was the story behind your logo. That's so meaningful. Everything you do is done with thoughtful consideration, and that's what sets your business apart. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Keep it up, though. Keep, keep going. Keep going, guys. <laughs> so, Brandon, okay, so a segment in the podcast that I have is trail talk. And um, for us mountain bikers, when we're on the trails, you know, we like all different types of trails. Some of us are XU riders. Some of us like enduro, the downhill stuff. And some of us like all trail, where we can do a little bit of everything what would you say would be something good for us to do to just to, to maybe give us the best experience we can when we leave our house to get on the bike? What could we do to prepare our bodies before we even get on the bike? Ah, oh, man. Um, tell this to all my athletes is really get inside your own head. And I don't mean that like in the sense of like, you know, get in the thick of things, but really just visualize what you're about to do and, uh, and plan it out. So one of the biggest things you know, that separates physical activity from training is actually having a plan. Um, mm. So training has more purpose behind it. It has more of a plan. It's, it's more inspired by um, some kind of guidance that goes with it. A physical activity is something that we, that anybody does like walking is a physical activity. Hiking is a physical activity. Um, going to the gym and kind of just doing whatever workout that you like, like you're working out, but that's can be considered more just like as a physical activity. When you put an actual plan to it, um, you're going places. And so <clears throat> my job and why a lot of people would hire me is because coaches are very goal and result oriented. Uh, and, and so we put everything into a direction of a particular goal. So, um, 
everybody that gets on a bike has, of course, different goals. But if we're going to talk more in the context of competition and, and wanting to get better at the actual sport that we're in, in, like involved in, we really want to actually like we really want to just visualize what the actual goal is that we're after. And, and we want to drive everything into that direction. We want everything to follow suit. Um, and then getting comfortable with it, like visualize what you're doing and then put action to it. And, and the best thing that we can do is again, like, um, we're not running, we're not swimming, we're on a bike. So you gotta, one of the biggest things is to get comfortable on that. So spending quality time on your bike doesn't mean you have to, a, a lot of people, when they think about training, they think like to get a good training session, we got to go 100%, right? We got to feel it. And that's not necessarily true. Um, especially when we're trying to learn. Now, you don't usually go in a learning environment and go 100%. Usually that's a testing, you know, that's when you test. And a lot of people test themselves too often. They don't put themselves in a learning environment. So kind of, you know, literally like pump the brake a little bit, right? And, mm -hmm. and really get the feel of, of everything, how you respond, how well you can read the, uh, the routes that you're on. Um, whatever bike that you have, get comfortable on that bike and, uh, and really go in the direction that you need to go to, to get to the goal. Don't just, I guess, hop on the bike just for the sake of it. Um, unless that's all you, if, unless that is the goal, it's just like, I like, and I enjoy it. And that's pretty much all I want to do is just to enjoy this because I love it. In that case, like it doesn't necessarily matter too much. Just be safe because you want to think longevity now. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. So, and safety is big. You know, we also want to make sure that we're, when we put a plan into action, we're also taking account too of uh, safety precautions, because again, what good are you if you're hurt? You know, you can't get on the bike if you're hurt. So we want right. to make sure that uh, we're not just doing things willy nilly. We want to make sure that we're, if we have a plan, it's going to help ensure that we, we know what we're doing. We can, we can go about everything uh, properly so we can, we can save ourselves from, from a lot of, from a lot of hurt, especially in this sport. It's not, it's not too forgiving. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's pretty unforgivable if that happens, you know, speaking of being injured, what would you say, how would we make our way back from an injury in a, in a fitness capacity that could help prep our bodies to get back? So, I, I mean, I, I know it depends on the injury, but let's say, let's say nothing's necessarily broken. Um, that probably be an easier way to go for it, but what is it, what are some things that we can do to either keep up the fitness or work back up the fitness before we head back out when we feel like we're healed up? Um, so first I want to say I'm not a medical advisor or doctor, uh, I'm not a physical therapist, so um, in, in some ways that's outside of my scope of, of practice. So depending on the injury, I'll always say, Hey, you got to go check out this guy or, or this, um, this gal and, and go see them because they're going to have the expertise to actually, you know, go about that. Now, if it's something that's like, uh, you know, I'm dinged up, but I'm good. And we evaluate, you know, like, yeah, you we don't need to see somebody, but we want to make sure that we're careful. Um, a lot of that is just going slow and, and, and through the process, depending on, of course, the injury. Uh, a lot of times, you know, like, especially when you get competitive, you know, we want to compete. Competing feels good, especially when we're winning, right? And <laughs> a lot of times people that are really passionate about the sport that they're in or the activity that they're in, the moment they get back into it, they just want to perform the way that they always have been. And, uh, 
And when we're injured, that's not always the best thing. Of course, we want to, we still want to be able to train within, um, within our means and within our limited capability, again, depending on the injury. Um, but we want to work with it. We don't want to work necessarily through it. If that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. So if you have like a bumped knee, then, uh, again, the nice thing with technology these days, like every year or two or three years, things get better, right? Like 10 years ago, what was seen as like the best bike in the world and it's going to, this is going to be, it is now kind of like, yo, that's garbage, right? <laughs> Compared yeah, to what we have change. now. Um, right. and, and so of course, like, um, as far as like the repetitive action of mountain biking and absorbing the impact from it, the better the bike, the better that is going to be for you as far as shock absorption. Um, but that's still a very repetitive thing and you're going to feel it sooner or later. Right. And so again, for instance, like a very controlled environment would be if you have a bum knee, um, maybe going on a stationary bike or maybe a, a, a more smooth trail, something that doesn't have so many, uh, so many drops and that's going to um, mess with it too much. Um, mm. If you fall off your bike now, that's going to be a different conversation too of, you know, what actually hurts and what's banged up. But a lot of it is just um, we analyze and we go from there to see what hurts and how can we work with it? Um, not necessarily through it. That makes sense. That makes sense. We got uh, a question here from an audience member. Haley Bernstein asks, mm -hmm. what kind of stretches could we do before or after the ride to maximize performance? That's a good question. Yeah. So I would always recommend, um, warming up, always warm up before anything that you do, uh, no matter how silly you feel or how other people might look at you. Um, surprisingly, you can go to the gym and do a proper warm up, and people are going to be like, yo, that guy's weird. Um, let me just do some arm swings and I'm good to go. Um, as far as stretches, I would focus on stretching out the hamstring and stretching out the hip flexor. Again, okay. so, like we mentioned in the very beginning, uh, usually most of the issues that I see with cyclists just in general is tightness in the hips and, and tightness in the hips is going to be very common for a lot of people just because we sit so often, you know, we drive our cars, we sit at the office, whatever we might be doing when we're watching TV or playing games, you know, we sit a lot. So um, we already are putting ourselves in a position to get tighter hips, but now we're going on a bike in which um, that can be encouraged more. And, uh, and so we want to make sure that we loosen those up because it's going to put us in a better positioning to be able to not only of course absorb impact it's going to save our lower backs but it's also going to help us produce more power when we need to um mm. so those are going to be the key things that i would focus on but also making sure that we're just completely warmed up before we jump on the bike so warm up and then get warmed up on the bike and then get into the actual activity that you have intended for the day got it got and it That's afterwards good. um just I would do more of a cool down. Same thing, rinse and repeat, but kind of just less volume or just kind of like cut that what you did in half from the right before the ride. And when people say warm up, you know, are the philosophy behind the warm up is just get the blood flowing, get the muscles kind of loose, get everything kind of ready for movement. Is that is that what you mean by warm up? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, we're trying to uh increase our heart rate a little bit, get the blood flowing, increase our temperature a bit. Um also get like wake up our nervous system right and so our nervous system plays a huge part in in the activities that we're doing especially if we have an intensive day we want to make sure that thing is firing um and and also we want to make sure that we're awake because 
from my understanding, you guys got to have to read the trail properly, you know, yeah. to be as efficient. So um, if you're kind of going into that ride cold, uh, probably up here is going to be cold too. So yeah. that's, that's very true. A lot of times I'll ride with the guys and one of the, one of my fellow um, crewmates that I ride with, uh, Joey Yates is on here. Isaiah is on here too. And it uh, looks like Aaron is on here. Sometimes it takes the first run for us to be able to, to be able to go, okay, I, I'm ready now, you know, but maybe mm-hmm. we should have like done some warm ups in the parking lot beforehand. So we could not risk that first ride to injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, Isaiah says when I broke my collarbone and ripped the ligament in my thumb, I was back on the trail in six weeks. It's always hard to be off the bike because of an injury. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's like, you just want to get out there. But in this case, would this be a good opportunity to do a stationary bike, you know, in order to continue that aerobic and anaerobic exercise activity so that you, when you return, you don't have to really build up as much. Um, again, I would, I would take more of the advice of uh, a medical professional first. Um, and I'm saying that also to kind of save my butt because I don't want to yeah. give any poor advice. Uh, right. Assuming that if they were cleared, assuming that things were okay. Um, if it's just a collar, like it's more of the upper body, like up here. Uh, and, and as long as you're able to be on a stationary bike without any pain, I would see no reason why you should not be able to continue um, to be able to um, still even train. Um that's also, you know, who knows what kind of medication you might also be on. So again, uh, that can influence, you know, that as well. So that's something that I would still like definitely rely on a more of a medical professional and and their advice and and first get clearance on, um, from them before I would actually give any of my professional advice, Sure. Um, but assuming everything is good. Yeah. I would definitely say it's a controlled environment. You know, you're going to have to work really hard to fall off a stationary bike. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, that's good. And then just to be able to, assuming all things are clear for the doctor, for you to exercise, it's probably a good way. I mean, Isaiah was back on here in six weeks, which is, seems pretty dang quick. And I remember him with that injury. I remember riding with him when he, when he just got back, it was really impressive. Um, but for a, a normal person, perhaps maybe they would want to work their way. Like you said, take it slow, get the medical clearance first, and then work your way back going for hikes, walks, stationary Mm -hmm. bike, things like that. Um, Trail Dogs MTB, this must be Aaron. He says, I do quick sprints in the parking lot in a super low gear on his bike for a warm up. Yeah. Yeah, And also like, again, to mention something that I want to highlight specifically something that you said too. Um, I think it's always good. Like in, in the weight room, a lot of times we do is we spend a lot of time warming up with the weight. And so um, let's say we got an athlete that's, squatting like 405 pounds or something. We're not going to just throw 405 on the bar and just have them squat right away. Um, we like to warm them up into actually warm up in the weight going up, climbing up to 405. Um, same kind of concept. Um, something that you mentioned is take a warm up um, round and, and go through the trail, get a good read for it, get a good feel for it before you actually start increasing the intensity. Um, I know it might take more time, but would you rather be doing that or have six weeks off, you know, because of an injury? True. That's very true. Good point. With, with mountain biking as our sport, when we are working hard to get better at it, you know, just at, at the sport alone, not necessarily competing that type of stuff, but just to get better at it. If we are going at it a lot throughout the week, 
what should we be looking for as far as giving our bodies opportunity to recover? Are there, are there uh, signs or are there things behind um, that? First, I would say the big three things that we need to focus on uh, right off the bat or just be conscious of is food, water, and sleep. Uh, if you don't have those okay. three things in check, then it doesn't necessarily matter what else you do. Um, everything else is going to be more of a Band-Aid than anything else. Um, um, so like a lot of people will quickly be like, well, I'm going to take supplementation. And supplements are great, but if your sleep is trash, then that's only going to get you so far. And it's probably not going to do you much good either um, in the end of it. So um, a lot of it would be very – I like to plan my recoveries actually um, and because there's been times that I've uh, kind of messed up a little bit. <laughs> Because, you know, you get in the zone and you're like, oh, man, I'm feeling good. Like, oh, that doesn't feel all right. But I'm going to work through it. And then you're like, man, I should have. I should have taken that break when I showed up. So there's that part of like feeling your body, right? Feeling what's going on and 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 having the wisdom, too, in you and and putting that ego aside to be like, hey, hold up. And we got to, you know, we can still work and do stuff, but we need to take it easier. Um, Or what I like to do is I like to plan um, actual. I like to plan recoveries um, within my programs and, and throughout my training. Uh, even if I don't feel like I need it, just See, I think check. that's, I think that's super cool. I don't think a lot of people are really, I think it's old school to not look at recovery. And I think the new school way is no realizing recovery is so important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you yes, know, there's yes. that, uh, <laughs> there's that, there's that whoop strap. I don't have one yet, mm-hmm. but there's the whoop strap that I guess it tells you when you're, if you tax yeah. yourself in a workout, you know, it tells you the next day how much you've recovered. So I guess there's a lot more science going into that. Um, those are really cool too. Those are have really, you used, really cool. Have you used I one of never, those things? No, I've looked into it, never used it. Um, but it's really, it's really neat. We've actually, um, uh, one of my professors, she was doing a lot of, uh, like test with one of her interns and it would hook him up to a VO2 max um, run him. And and he was also a bodybuilder too, which was interesting, but he was crazy in shape just even for like just everything else. But, uh, but they also were checking, they're hooking him up and checking how well he was recovering. And they found that like, he wasn't recovering really well at all. Like they just had him like lay there for like 30 minutes. He, he passed out, like just fell asleep and they were able to get the readings and the data. I was like, yeah, um, we're seeing the conversion of everything between your and gets confusing, but they could see the conversion of things going on between their, the carbs and fats within his body and be like, yeah, he's not recovering. So we need to dial back things back. So um, I'm actually very interested in it's whoop, right? Like yeah. W O O P or W H O O P. I think I'm not exactly sure. W H O O P or W O P, but one of those, one of those for sure. Cause it definitely tells you if you've recovered or not. Mm-hmm. recovery yeah. man is it's one of those things that i actually think is going to be more of a trend coming here you know we see a lot of trends in the fitness industry and i think recovery is going to be even one of it's as popular as it's becoming and is already i think it's going to get even more um just because man so right the old school thing old school way of training as fun as it is and as intense as it is again it, it's no good when you're hurt and injured you know and yeah. so many of those old school guys would be like, man, I wonder what I could have done if I wasn't injured all the time. And everybody's like, yeah, we do too. Like you should probably have stopped a little bit and recovered. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Ex- especially if you're just enjoying what you're doing, you're not necessarily like competing at the highest levels. There's really, like, unless you don't have the dream to dream, uh, like compete at the highest levels and, or if you're not already competing at the highest levels, like there's really no reason for you to train like an elite athlete, like train like an athlete. I think that for everybody, I believe that 100% for everyone. Um, yeah. But unless that's not your dream and unless you're not actually an elite athlete, there's honestly like those guys are crazy. Like relax a little bit. You don't, <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> I know. I think the, the normal person too, um, as far as working hard, you know, if they're not recovering well enough, they're, they're not probably uh, gaining as much as they could because their body's just mm-hmm. not ready to, to get after it as much as it would if it, if it was more prepared. Um, couple questions here. Isaiah asks, what are your thoughts on supplements? Man, I am harsh on the supplement industry. Like very harsh. Um, the supplement industry, like I would say, just try to find something that you like and, and stick with it. Um, some things aren't, some things don't have to be too complicated, like protein powder. Uh, there was a study that was done that like on various um, supplements. I'm not going to name any companies or anything like that or, or brands, but they found that there was statistically wasn't much of a difference between the lower grade uh, protein powders versus the higher grade pr- protein power, uh, powders in, in reference oh, wow. to performance or, or gain or anything like that. Um, the supplement industry, um, if you guys are like really into supplements and you get mad for what I'm like, saying like you can email me i won't read it uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> um, the supplement industry man there's a lot of money in it and, and usually when there's a lot of money there's a lot of hokum too and uh a lot of it is very much brand so you'll see a lot of people saying you know you have to take this and this and this and this to maximize everything um you could probably save a lot of your dollars on on supplements i would say um the most studied and most reliable things out there um that are just free like easy to access for everybody um is going to be caffeine and and creatine are going to be the most studied actually studied and non-biased study of supplements um, out there and so most companies um we don't actually know what's in them they have all these crazy long names and people like even myself are like what is that like, I've never seen that ingredient. <laughs> Did you guys just come up with that? Like, it looks cool. I'm down for that. If it, you know, if, it, if it's as good as it looks. But um, with that said, um, I I do have a bias now too. Um, so in my hunt to recommend, because people ask me all the time, especially in my profession, like, what kind of supplement should I take? Uh, what kind of brands do you like? So um, I did go and hunt for one, um, and uh, so I do have a bias now. So there is that. So everybody that's listening, um, I guess take it with a grain of salt because this is a biased, you know, recommendation, um, because I am affiliated, affiliated with on it. Um, that's, uh, Joe Rogan's company, he, right. Out of, uh, yeah. Austin, Texas on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has, uh, d- yeah, he has a financial, uh, <laughs> definitely a financial bias there too. I think he owns, I'm not sure if he owns part of it or I think he bought into it. Um, it's a great company um, if what they put out there is, is true. One of the things that I like about them is that they're very um, transparent with a lot of things that they have. Um, so, for instance, uh, if you go into on its website, um, they'll break down every product that they have as far as the ingredients that they choose, um, 
why they choose it, the benefits that they see, a lot of their um, supplements too, especially if you're a competing athlete or even because I am friends with a lot of military and law enforcement um, are tested as well. Um, so you can have, you know, there's a lot of supplements that are, are banned or only recommended to certain athletes because they know they're, you know, they're safe and you won't pop on a test or anything like that. They have been tested by a third party. And a lot of their supplements have also been clinically studied, which is really cool because they don't have to do that and they have to pay for it. With that said, um, there is a financial bias in that as well because they're the ones that are paying into the clinical studies. So, um, so for instance, especially for you, uh, for mountain bikers, um, the uh, Shroom Tech Sport would probably be one that would be very cool to look into. Um, they found they've done a clinical study on that, and they found that um, it's helped with actually aerobic capacity too. They've done tests mm -hmm. on the uh, squat, bench, and running um, volume wow. and, and the differences that they're able to see. Now, granted, again, there's still a bias because they're the ones that paid into that clinical study. Um, so take that as you as you will. Uh, but on it is. Very cool. They use a lot of earth-grown ingredients as well. So if you're conscious about that, um, so, but yeah, uh, I would recommend those right off the bat. There's a few other supplements that are really good, but I am, I'm kind of a stickler when it comes to the supplement industry. <laughs> that's good. We need we need somebody out there that's a stickler to the supplement industry. You know, I, one of the things that I think on it does is they do the double blind randomized placebo controlled trials, right? So yeah. they're, they're as fair as that they can get. It just depends on how they mm -hmm. set it up. Um, obviously they're funding yeah. it, but, um, I don't know when, no one's going to fund it for them, but it sounds like they're trying to do the best they can to get the best clinical results. So mm -hmm. I definitely dig that. And you had said the one that you recommended was, um, for us mountain bikers for aerobic capacity was, did you say shroom, shroom tech? Was yeah. That shroom tech sport. Yeah. Shroom, Shroom tech, tech sport. sport. Yeah. Okay, specifically. So, um, there you I do go. have like codes and everything. If you guys want that, we could talk about that later if you want, but, um, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll move over into the product spotlight <laughs> here in a second. <laughs> and then also here it says, uh, Isaiah says, yes, whoop W H O O P, uh, cool. the, the there band that, uh, kind of helps you with recovery. Um, so shoot, let's just move over into that, Brandon. Um, yeah. let's go into the product spotlight portion of the segment podcast and, uh, you as a, as a trainer and as a coach, um, are there any products that you would like to spotlight? Yeah. So just mentioned on it. So I'm going to, I'm an affiliate with them. Doesn't mean, um, I'm not going to try to sign you up for anything. So I can a Mercedes Benz or anything like that. Not that kind of affiliate. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just playing middleman. Just playing middleman is all I'm doing. So they don't pay me. So that's another thing I want to say. They don't pay me to advertise anything. They don't give me, um, they don't personally give me any free product or anything like that. Um, the deal that I have with them, the partnership that I have with them is I pretty much just advertise for them. And if people buy on it products through like through my links or anything like that, I just get commission. Um, and that's it. So it's pretty cool. I'm kind of like that, you know, you see people shirtless all the time on Instagram and they're like, go buy my cool product <laughs> and you go with cool discount. That's kind of me, but you'll never see me without my shirt on <laughs> or off. Well, yeah, I the, so a lot, a, lot, a lot of those <laughs> affiliate links are, are, are great too, because it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't change the price for the endpoint consumer. It mm -hmm. just, um, it's the same price that they would normally pay. It's just that you're the one that helped bring them to the the company. Exactly. So exactly. that's pretty so, cool. What um, what is your promo code on that? If you don't, if you wanted to share it, I'll I'll pop yeah. it into the oh, comment section. Um. So 
Uh, I would love to get you guys better, but um, I only got a 10%. So Wolfpack 10, so Wolfpack 10 um, is my promo code. Um, they do have recurring orders that will be um, at 15%. Just know that it's recurring. Um, they also have free trials on a lot of their products, some of their best, um, a lot of their, uh, their best selling products and the ones that they believe in the most. Um, so if you use Wolfpack 10 on any of your orders, they'll, they'll track it with my affiliate link. Um, if you don't use that and you go to on it with website and order something without using my promo, I get no credit, which is totally fine. Um, that, or if you go through my website, um, you'll find a on it affiliation, um, through there. If you access their website through any of my links, period, if you see any of my links for on it and you access their website, they'll be able to track it with my affiliate link. So whether you use my promo code or not, I'll get credit for that as well. Um, so that's great. No, yeah. thank you. Thank you for yep. that. So on it's one of the, one of the products that you'd like to product spotlight. Uh, you know, they do the, a lot of the clinical studies for their products, which is great for a lot of over the counter supplements. They don't do any, any of that stuff. So it's, it's awesome mm -hmm. that this company actually does that. And uh, it gives yep. it an opportunity to show some kind of st statistical significance, you know, in their primary endpoints, which is awesome. Definitely. Yep. As, um, is, as far as other products go now, I know we haven't talked about it yet, but you specifically are, are a coach and a strength and conditioning coach for Wolfpack Performance. Um, in a sense, you have a product, um, which is you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if anybody needs or is interested in or would like to have been looking for a coach in fitness and strength conditioning and uh, wants to do it offline or online versus in person, can they, can they contact you, Brandon, to do something like that? Of course. Yes. Um, so uh, several ways you can contact me um, is through my website, www.wolfpackperform.com. Uh, Wolfpack Perform, not Wolfpack Performance. Couldn't get that domain, unfortunately. Rats. Uh, <laughs> Wolfpackperform.com, um, right there. Um, you can you can scroll all the way to the bottom, or you can get pre-qualified um, at the top link. It will bring you there. Um, and then that's one way you can get in contact with me. You can also email me at coachingwolfpackperformance at gmail.com. Um, I got my Instagram Wolfpack underscore performance. You can DM me through there as well and uh, we can get connected. So you can connect with me through email or um, if you have a serious um, request on everything, we can take that further, of course, through, um, through further means. So, uh, but yeah, those are several ways you can actually contact me. That's fantastic. I'll make sure I put that information in the show notes too. Yeah. Um, let's just say I'm, I'm somebody who wants to get into mountain biking. Uh, I've never done anything like this and, um, I want to get my physical fitness up. I'm timid. Maybe I'm overweight. I haven't done anything for a while because I've been living in the corporate world. What is the, what, what does the process look like if I were to go on your website and tell myself, all right, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to click on this. I'm going to sign up and then take us through what happens from that point. Right. So the way I have uh, things set up is because I, I do a pre-qualification process because I want to find out too, if I'm going to be a right fit for the individual and vice versa. Um, there's a lot of great coaches out there and sometimes I might not be the best fit for you. And when it comes down to it, 
um, you're hiring me. And so what will happen will be um, you submit your information. I get in contact with you. We kind of briefly talk about basic things. If I feel like we're going to be a good fit, then we go into more of a consultation, really dig deeper into everything. And then we will work out um, kind of like our deal of like, all right, this is what it's going to look like to hire me. And in that portion specifically, and this is where I would recommend everybody is to really interview people like me. Um, mm. Anybody can be a trainer. Um, I sometimes like, I don't, I, I just, I say this more jokingly than actually taking this seriously. Sometimes I get offended being called a personal trainer um, just because there's so many people that get into um, this profession and they just take a weekend course, they're done and they're just a gym rat wanting to be paid for being a gym rat and they give people a terrible experience. Um, so really, really interview them. Uh, Find out what my how my expertise or my knowledge and uh, and my wisdom and within this field can be applied to you. How can you think I will be able to get you to where you want to be? But also, you know, and this is okay. Some people might just not like me, you know, just personality wise. Like, it's like I'm not vibing with this guy. Uh, I need a coach that I can vibe with. You know, I need that more of that personal connection, and we're just not clicking. And that's okay. You know, you want to be able to trust somebody expect like you're going to be spending your hard earned money on somebody to fulfill your need to get you to a goal and get the results that you want. You best get the person that's the right fit for you. So interrogate us, you know, like really question, really quite like, I'm going to try to dig deep with you, but um, I invite everybody that would be interested in particularly me or anybody that they find um, that they want to, their coach to uh, really investigate them, interview them, get to know them a bit. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Make sure, yeah. make sure it's a good fit. Mm -hmm. So I have a question that, that I think will, I have a good feeling that you're going to answer this in a way that would be great, great for everybody. But what, what got you? So if I was in there and we were talking for an interview, I would ask you, what got you into doing what you do? Yes. Um, so um, several things. One, um, I got into fitness um, in several ways. One was um, I did martial arts since I was 10, um, did traditional martial arts, got into mixed martial arts, got into boxing. And so just naturally that's, you know, got to be fit for that. Um, two, also out of my own insecurity, I was a very, you know, skinny wonky guy. Uh, when I graduated high school, I was, I never touched a barbell. I, I touched like some dumbbells and everything, but um did mostly bodyweight stuff. But when I graduated high school, I was like 145, 150 at 6'1", like six feet, one inch. Um, I'm same height, um, 220 now. Um, so like drastically difference between, you know, high school Brandon versus two days Brandon. So there was an insecurity with that. Um, and then uh, within all that uh, time of dealing with that kind of like insecurity, but also really loving the sports that I was involved in, um, it kind of just opened that door into fitness. And um, growing up as a kid um, around when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, um, things happened in my family and I became a very like angry person. Um, but a lot of people would probably never, if you knew me then, you probably never knew that. Um, 
you probably would never have guessed. I, I did my best to kind of like hide that, but uh, martial arts was my outlet. It was my safe place. It was my way to vent everything and process everything that was going on in here and, and in here. Um, it really disciplined me. And um, like, I often thank God a lot for putting me in that position because I feel like martial arts in a way saved me um, from meeting my worst self in a way. Because uh, mm -hmm. who knows without it, if I, where I would place that anger or how it try to remedy that anger. And I was in an environment that was safe. Um, I wouldn't hurt anybody. Like it's still martial arts. Like there's still that, like you're hitting people, but <laughs> you're not like trying to hurt people. And there's always somebody better than you, you know? So like, if you get out of hand, like there's, you know, there's that, uh, the dude that will enforce the law in the gym kind of thing. But right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but that, really got me into loving just fitness. It opened the door into fitness and I loved it. And I, um, when I was going, when I graduated high school, I had a buddy that was um, getting into exercise science and wellness. And I loved, you know, love fitness. You know, I, I was very intrigued by that. And I was very intrigued by sports performance. I was like, all right, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with my life. So I'm going to go in there. He likes it. He's enjoying it. And then um, the very first two professors I had sold it for me. So really? oh, oh yeah, they were cool. great. They were phenomenal. They uh they were the best professors I've ever had. And in my opinion, um, uh, I think a lot of people are missing out on those two professors, but they really sold it for me. Um, got into actual resistance training when I was like 19 years old and uh never looked back. And I, I found out quickly after that I was actually better at coaching than I am actually doing the thing myself. So <laughs> oh wow, yeah. So yeah, so that's how I how I got into it. That's very cool. And and what was it like when you started changing people's lives? How how did that feel when you first started doing that? It's it's a cool it's a cool thing. Um, people invite me into their lives, and a lot of times people get into fitness, and uh, they have all different reasons. Like they might have a medical reason. You know, they had a medical professional say, "Hey, you need to start getting physically active because if you don't." not going to live long. You know, um, you might have somebody that's just like dealing with similar uh, insecurities, whether that be more like a, a physical insecurity of like, I'm too big or I'm too skinny. Um, and you have people that are like, Hey, I'm an athlete. I want to get better. And the moment you start helping people find those goals and the results that they're looking for and, and not just physically more of like the superficial, you know, results, but also what's going on in here, man, it's a beautiful thing because they're really inviting you into that space. And, um, right. and like, it's what I was studying is exercise science, but also wellness. So there's an aspect of what I do that is, um, kind of a mentorship. So like a lot of, um, a lot of my specialty is even with youth athletes, youth and adolescent athletes. And so one of the things that I love, I love working with kids, man, they're great. Uh, they can be punks sometimes don't get wrong, but they're great. Uh, but there's this thing I call like, uh, you know, there's strength and conditioning, but there's also strength and conditioning character um, and, and, and teaching young people specifically, but even all my clients that uh, there is a huge reward and discipline and, and dedication and responsibility in what you're doing. And to use strength conditioning and sports performance as kind of like that outlook. Uh, um, yeah, pretty much the outlook of to be able to see that kind of perspective of things and to teach that it, it's very rewarding because now I'm not just dealing with people trying to get better numbers or in their performance, but I'm also dealing with their lives and, and, and making a positive impact. And, and that's what I want to do. I don't want to just, you know, 
be just another person in somebody's life. You know, we know, we don't know what people are going through. We don't know what they're going through at work. We don't know what they're going through in their marriages, um, their own personal, you know, demons that are going on. Uh, but I want to create a environment that they know that coach Brandon is going to be that, uh, one of those lines in the ground that they know that's going to be, uh, a positive influence, but also they know that, you know, I'm going to challenge and push them to do better things. Right. So they know like, Hey, he's going to push me and challenge me, but, but they're inviting me to do that, which is good too. I'm not just like forcing myself into that position. Like they're inviting me into that place. Um, but they know like, Hey, uh, I know that coach has my back. I know coach believes in me. I know coach, uh, I, I could put my trust in coach. And, and when you can fulfill that in somebody's life, it, it's, it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool. Especially like in, in youth athletes, man, they, I don't know if you remember being in high school, it's, <laughs> it's a messy time for some people. So yeah, uh, can be intimidating. Kind of, yeah. To have that kind of influence in people's lives. It, it's very rewarding. It feels really good. Um, so yeah, it's, I love it. That's awesome. That was what, that was the answer that uh, I, you were, I knew you were going to say that. That's <laughs> why I was asking you that question. That is, that's gotta be such a good feeling to be that, um, you know, that pillar or that shoulder for, for folks who, who need it, you know, to get mm -hmm. to the next level in their life, which is, which is awesome. Kudos to you for doing that, Brandon. That that's great. And that's probably why you love doing it so much. And that's probably why you are, you, you coach hundreds of people because it's got, it's got to feel so rewarding to see that person live up to, or get a step closer to their potential, you know, and that oh, yeah. you were a part Definitely. of that. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, we're going to move over to the next segment of the podcast real quick. And um, it's the funny questions part of the podcast. And I'm going to change it a little bit because I know you are on the, the strength and conditioning side, the wellness side. And so I'm going to change it from mountain bike terminology to uh, fitness terminology and All just right. see how you answer it. <laughs> so right, no, right or, <laughs> no right or wrong <laughs> answers. <laughs> They are, uh, and you can answer them any way you like. There's no right or wrong answers here. So the first All question right. is your favorite type of exercises, aerobic or anaerobic? Anaerobic, and, hands down. And why? <laughs> <laughs> and why? Yeah. why? Oh, man. Aerobic, man. It's just a different kind of pain. You know, it's a pain that does not stop coming, right? It's just, it's there. <laughs> it doesn't go away. And the longer, you know, it goes, it's just like, it's daunting. Uh, it's just one of those things that I just, oh man, it's just one of those things that, uh, it, that's just the kind of training that challenges me mostly mentally, um, more so I think than physically. So personally for me, like I automatically like way more comfortable with the anaerobic stuff. And it just kind of goes more in line with a lot of things that I've done in the past. And, um, even though like aerobic exercise is a huge chunk of my background. Oh man, I hated it. Like <laughs> I, my senior year was the first time I actually like did, um, track and field. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it because I was, you know, training in mixed martial arts. So I would just use that train. I was doing my own stuff, but I was like, I, why not? I'll be on a team. I'll actually get some structure training and everything. And I had a lot of friends that were long distance runners. So I was like, yeah, I'll just hang out with them. Oh man, that was so stupid. I'm definitely more like a sprinter. Oh gosh, that was the worst. I was on like no joke talking about stationary bikes. Like I hurt my knee pretty bad running long distance. It was so stupid, so dumb. And I was on a stationary bike for almost like the entire season. And uh, <laughs> like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Oh uh, yeah, no. So all the kudos to uh, you runners out there. But 
yeah, no, anaerobic is just uh, for me mentally. And this is where like, again, aerobic workouts, is just one of those things that just, it's a mental thing for me personally. Um, I get to see the finish line. If I see the finish line, I'll push, I can do everything I could, I can die in that workout and I'll be fine. I'll make it. But man, if I don't see that finish line, it's just, it's challenging. That's one of those <laughs> things where I have to like, really like buckle down and really like, kind of like, let's go, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hundred meter max. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make that a, a 50 and I'll be good. A 50. That's <laughs> yeah, kidding. So, yeah, so explosive, might be too much. <laughs> explosive movements, explosive movements here yeah. is, is yeah. the preferred. That's, that's mm -hmm. a great answer to the question. That's awesome. Okay. In the fitness industry, in the fitness terminology, what is the most sexiest name that you could think of? And what is the least sexiest name you could think of? Yo. Sexiest and not sexiest. Um, sexiest, I would say, uh, Hugh Jackman for sure. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, uh, man, ah, looked great in Wolverine. Not gonna lie. <laughs> not gonna lie. I see my wife looking at him when we watch those movies. Like, hey, stop it. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, as far do, as like, do tread it. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, uh, yes. So I just saw Haley say this. Yes. So farmer carries. Se those se farmers. Sexy so name. Sexy name. Farmer carry. And it's not like the most ugly thing in the world too. Cause you oh. know, yeah, <laughs> they're, it's, they're the same. I am a sucker for farmer carries. Yeah. Like Haley's like, you need to talk to people about thinking out the box and, and become farmers. And uh, <laughs> so farmer carries for people that don't know is you just pick up heavy weight and walk with it. That's it. It's very simple. As far as like functional training goes, um, it's probably as functional as you can get next to running or jumping. Um, as human beings, we just pick stuff up and walk with it. Um, but when I see people doing farmer carries, man, oh, I love it. I love it. But they're, yeah, yeah, farmer carry, but make it sexy. So we could like, <laughs> I don't know, be in swimsuits or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're chalking that up to far, farmer carry and as the sexy and probably the least sexy is probably going to be aerobic, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't say that for me. No, for me. Yeah. You want to see the ugliest thing in the fitness? Watch me do aerobic exercise. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's funny. Calf raises. It, <laughs> calf, calf raises going back to your buddy up there. Yeah. It, <laughs> And then the, the last question, the last funny question is, um, what secret conspiracy in the fitness industry would you like to start? Oh, that's a good one. I would say conspiracy theory that I would say that CrossFit is the gold mine for bodybuilders. Oh, I would say that because I feel like that would be really because bodybuilders, you tell them they'll get big doing something, they're going to do it. And I think it'd be really funny seeing bodybuilders do CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a lot of aerobic here. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be fun. That would be a good conspiracy. Awesome. Yeah, that is good. That is great. Well, Brandon, that, that's going to bring us to the to the end of the show. But I, I did want to open it up to you if there's anything else you wanted to share that you hadn't had a chance to share yet. 
Um, I'd love for you to be able to do that before, mm. before we get out of here. Oh man. Um, I guess I would just say this. Um, when it comes to when it comes to anybody listening, especially since this is more about like strength conditioning, sports performance, fitness, um, training, all those things, guys, um, fall in love with what you're doing. Um, and yeah, good. like a lot of people talk about like motivation versus discipline. Um, I think they're both great. Like I'm definitely a discipline kind of guy. Um, but over those two things, love what you're doing. Cause if you don't love it, then like you're, you're just wasting your time. Really. You're just wasting your time. Like do it for you too. Like this is one of the most self selfish things you can do for yourself. And it's okay, you know, to train and to work out and to better yourself, um, physically. And, and I'm a kind of guy that's thinks more holistically, like, um, what you do physically, the physical improvements you make for yourself will also impact you're uh, mentally and emotionally, and, and for some people, even spiritually, uh, fall in love with what you're doing. And, uh, and don't take advice from your doubts, guys. Like, mm, uh, unless, great. yeah, like really listen to yourselves and, and, and no one else at the gym, no one else in the fitness, like people care a lot about what they're doing. They're not going to care too much about what you're doing. We're all on the same journey of bettering ourselves. And most everyone that you're going to come in contact with in this industry um, unless they're just like really arrogant, horrible people, like they're not going to look at you and judge you. They're going to applaud you for, for working hard and, and going, getting after it. So, um, that's what I would, I guess I'll leave it. I'll leave it with that. So that's a good one to leave it on. That is awesome. Powerful words there from Brandon Lopez, ladies and gentlemen. I love do that. <clears throat> do your farmer carries, do yeah. your farmer carries <laughs> <laughs> folks. If you're, if you're listening to this also, Brandon was kind enough to uh, give us some giveaways. So what we're going to do is if you are watching this now, or if you're watching this in playback, um, take a snapshot of, or just a screenshot of this and put it up on Instagram and tag Wolfpack performance. And if you do that and you contact Brandon, you will get 15% off of his services there. And then we're also going to give away um, a free one-week training with Brandon for seven days, and we will pick that on Instagram as well. Um, we'll take the names off of people who made comments on this in the live as well as when it goes in the post, and we will spin the wheel and see who gets this free seven days there with Mr. Brandon Lopez and making themselves better. So Brandon, thank you so much for that. And again, remind us before we go, where could people find you if they want to contact you or just follow you on Instagram? Yes. So, um, website again is www.wolfpackperform.com. Email is coachingwolfpackperformance at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram handle is wolfpack underscore performance. And um, any of those you can on my website, you can contact me through there, my email, of course, through email, and then you can always DM me through Instagram and we can uh, connect further. Very good. All right, guys, don't forget, loosen up those hips, be functional off the bike and on the bike as well. And uh, if you need help, reach out to Brandon Lopez at Wolfpack Performance. All right, guys, have a great night, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. See you guys on the next episode.
you with that will do it guys for another episode of the segment podcast thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for staying around for the entire show special thank you to brandon lopez the owner and founder of wolfpack performance if you do want to uh, try wolfpack performance training out all you have to do is simply either take a snapshot of the youtube or a little clip of this audio and tag brandon lopez and you will get 15 percent off of training under the wolfpack performance Thank you also to 7IDP for sponsoring the show, as well as the Bole brands, including Spy Optic. And finally, thank you to Tasco. Hope you guys are either pulling up to your trail or just getting done and getting ready to head home. Hope you guys are setting it safely. And don't forget, keep working hard because all of your hard work will always pay off. See you guys on the next episode. Yoo!